Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's the breakfast huddle. Elliot Danka, Barati Jagdish, and Ryan Huang. It is time now to turn our attention to the United States. Now, after five years, an incoming U.S. ambassador to Singapore has been confirmed, and this is coming at a key time during the U.S. re-engagement with the APEC region. Mm-hmm. That's not all. We've got tensions heighten uh, an increase in the number of fighter jets uh, being dispatched by the Chinese military near Taiwan. Also something else we're watching from the U.S., a U.S. jury's verdict, which not only sparked protests, but also praise from gun rights advocates in cities across the country. And to help us analyze all of this is Steve Oaken. He's joining us now. Steve is Senior Advisor at McClarty Associates. Good morning, Steve. Uh, Thanks for making time to speak to us, Steve, in spite of your Thanksgiving prep, I'm sure. Uh, The... Let's get back to some of the issues that we mentioned earlier. One of the things making headlines is the technology entrepreneur, Jonathan Kaplan, being confirmed as Joe Biden's pick for ambassador to Singapore. Tell us more about Mr. Kaplan. Uh, Why was he nominated? Why is he the right man for the job? Well, this comes at a critical time because we haven't had a presidentially appointed ambassador here that was confirmed by the United States Senate, both Democrats and Republicans, since the day Barack Obama left office. And so a politically appointed ambassador, whatever his background, they bring a different perspective to come in with the seasoned career staff. They bring in an energy level that's very different and complementary to what you have from a seasoned team. So Jonathan Kaplan, who is a, a, a tech entrepreneur, he in, invented the flip video camera. If you remember that, uh, I actually had one of those uh, when, mm-hmm. when um, you know, it was a kind of a precursor to before we all had, had such great technology in our phones. So he invented that. He now works uh, in a nonprofit organization that's bringing high-speed Internet to school. So that entrepreneurship, that tech background is going to complement very well the team here. Wow, that's going to be quite fun. Also, another thing worth uh, looking at is Admiral John Aquilino, who is head of the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, recently called for the United States and its allies to operate with a greater sense of urgency amid rising tensions. And, of course, China's increasingly assertive military actions at the Halifax Forum in Canada. Uh, looking at that forum, this this. International Security Forum, what can you tell us about the discussions that took place as well as uh, China's military move to dispatch uh, more fighter jets near Taiwan? Well, this forum is similar uh, to the one that is held here, the Shangri-La Dialogue, but this one is more, you know, North American uh, focused, held in, in Halifax, Canada. And clearly the number one issue that the military is facing right now is how you deal with a a rising China, how you deal with a China that is spending more and more on its military and is becoming more and more aggressive uh, in the South China Sea and and towards Taiwan uh, and even towards India in particular. Um, And so this this discussion was in that context, and the United States is saying we have to work together collectively with our allies in addition to what we need to do as a military to ensure China understands where the lines are going to be drawn. Now, in the virtual summit with his U.S. counterpart, Joe Biden, Chinese President Xi Jinping had warned that the encouragement of Taiwanese independence would be tantamount to playing with fire. 
Talk to us about the consequential impact from the continued involvement of the U.S. and its allies in response uh, to the increased number of fighter jets near Taiwan. How will all of this escalate tensions between the two superpowers? Well, hopefully it won't escalate tensions, and that's what, what uh, you know, Presidents Biden and Xi are, are trying to accomplish. They're trying to put, you know, a floor in the relationship. Like the, the U.S. has had a longstanding policy towards China, which is that there is one China and that it doesn't want to see any action from anyone that would destabilize the region. And the U.S. policy towards Taiwan has always been one of, of strategic ambiguity. And that's where it's unclear what the U.S. would do if there were to be a military action from the mainland against Taiwan. And that's to try and keep China from doing that, also to keep Taiwan from declaring independence. That's still the case today. It's still in place, um, and hopefully that will remain in place. We're on the line this morning with Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor, McLaughlin Associates, uh, getting a rundown of some uh, U.S.-related headlines. The next one, Steve, is uh, about the Bloomberg New Economy Forum here in Singapore. Uh, during that forum, former U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton warned that while all eyes are on the U.S.-China rivalry, greater attention must be given to Russia. Interesting that uh, she decided to take aim at Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, could her comments perhaps relate to recent fears of a uh, new invasion of Ukraine by Russian forces. Uh, was she right, though, to bring this up? Yeah, you know, if you if you if you ever watch Game of Thrones, there's a character <laughs> little, little finger, and, and he says uh, he says chaos is a ladder. Right? <laughs> so yeah, that's sort of reflected here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Hillary Clinton sees little sees Putin as little finger, and that all the chaos going on in the rest of the world with COVID, with the tensions and between the U.S. and China, that he's going to take advantage of, of that and climb the ladder uh, in Crimea. And Hillary Clinton says we have to, we can't take our eye off of him. And so I think it's a relevant warning to from, from the former Secretary of State. Uh, I wonder if she sees herself as uh, Arya Stark. <laughs> uh, certainly not Cersei. <laughs> I, I was thinking of Cersei, actually. Would, would that even be conceivable? <laughs> okay, okay. Moving on. A U.S. jury recently found this 18-year-old, Kyle Rittenhouse, Mm. not guilty of reckless and intentional homicide. This has been dominating TV screens. It's been dominating online news headlines. And there are other charges relating to the shootings that took place in Wisconsin last year. I think many of us have seen the footage and wondered, hey, what really happened here? Uh, Perhaps you could fill us in on that and whether or not it was fair to conclude that his actions were a form of self-defense and the larger repercussions of how this is actually being reflected in the national divide over the right to bear firearms in America. Yeah, I mean, look, this is such a tough issue to discuss because there's two very separate questions that you just asked. Let's take the, the, the easier one in a way, which is what is the definition of self-defense um, and from a legal perspective in Wisconsin? And the, the legal definition is if you believe uh, that you are in fear for your life, uh, you can act out of that fear to defend yourself, even to use deadly force without requiring to get you without requiring first to get yourself out of the situation. So the jury clearly believed that that Rittenhouse, even though he brought a, an AR-15 
to a volatile situation, cross state lines to do so, putting himself in that position, that didn't matter. It was just what was in his state of mind uh, at that time. So the, the jury decision is one thing, but but all those political issues of whether you should be able to buy an AR-15, whether you should be able to march with that publicly, whether you should be putting yourself in a position where a where a, a, a white person puts himself in a position where a black man has been murdered and there's protests and he's going to protect property of white owners, you have all of that that gets wrapped into this jury decision. So that's why you're getting such uh, attention to which it deserves. Mm. And certainly, I'm sure the attention will continue to be on this as it has been for so many years. We've been speaking with Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor at McClarty Associates. Thank you so much, Steve, for joining us this morning. You have a great day, yeah? Thank you, too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.